Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, daily reading of scripture and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023, and it is uh, Tuesday of the eighth week of ordinary time. Today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Mark. Peter began to say to Jesus, we have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. But many that are first will be last and the last will be first. Both our Lord in many places and our Blessed Mother in her Magnificat speak of taking the high uh, people that are high up in the world and bringing them down, people that are lowly and poor and raising them up. They love the contrast. They love giving us what we don't have. They love tearing down the prideful. They love lifting up the humble. So that's a huge lesson from this gospel reading. This gospel reading has so much in it, really. But then again, they all do. The first will be the last. The last will be the first. One thing about this reading is that it's always been used as a, uh, you know, one of the many readings that is inspiring for religious vocations that whatever a person gives up, Jesus will promises to give them a hundredfold plus eternal life. But there will also be persecutions, you know, in the, um, there's two vocations, two particular things in the church's life where religious life is formally promised to these people. One is those that go into religious life, taking vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. When they take on their uh, habit, when they make their vows, those receiving the vows promises, if you live these vows faithfully, you will go to heaven. This is why uh, for a lot of religious orders in their vocations material, and you know, they might say, well, why do you feel called to this? Why do you want to do this? And one of the formal answers that they're supposed to give is because I want to go to heaven. I know other people uh, get resentful when they hear that because they think, well, what about me? I'm not religious. I can go to heaven too, can I? It's true. But with a religious calling, particularly religious life, there is that promise. Uh, And the, the scapular is all about that. Taking on the scapular is spiritually connecting ourselves to the order of the Carmelites where they're offered eternal life for wearing their scapular, taking on their habit, living their life. And those of us invested in the scapular and that wear the scapular are given uh, a connection to that. They're given also the promise, wear this faithfully, you will receive eternal life. The other vocation is that of bishop. Bishops are also promised eternal life if they live their vocation faithfully. Although talk about persecution, being a bishop is not something you want to wish on anybody. They, I remember hearing in school, anybody who wants to be a bishop deserves it. 
because it's not fun and games. It's not, the, the, you know, it's, it's an honor. It's true. But at the same time, there's a very, very heavy burden that the person carries and they need to really pray a lot. They really need to lean on the Lord. And so getting back to this reading, the hundredfold Peter, it's very interesting about Peter. You know, there's gospel parallels. There's different gospel readings uh, that basically say the same thing. But, you know, there's just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They have different versions of the same story. Sometimes we wonder, did the story happen a few times? Such as with the loaves and the fish, we believe that happened twice. Or is it the case where just the different writers wrote it a different way, remembered it a different way? heard about it in a different way if they weren't physically there in certain cases. So in one of the gospel parallels, Jesus says those who have given up wife, but in the others, he doesn't say that. And it's interesting to me, I don't know, did he say it or didn't he? He must've said it if it's in one of the gospels, because we believe it to be true. But Peter is the one asking the question and Peter, we know had a wife. In fact, somebody just informed me recently that in the official record of Peter's martyrdom, his wife was there with him and she was also martyred. The, um, the show, The Chosen, has really brought this out because we see Peter's wife in the story with him. But we know that he had a wife, at least early on he had one, because um, it, it talks about his mother-in-law, the mother of his wife. Uh, so it's interesting. It's interesting because now Peter is saying we've given up everything to follow you. Well, what's he talking about? A temporary leave from his wife? Maybe his wife has died. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she's also gone into ministry in a certain way and they're separate from each other. Or maybe he's referring to everything else but marriage. It's tough to say. So on the one hand, this is really a great reading, an inspiring reading with regard to religious vocations. Those that have given up their family, those that have given up having their own home, a job making decent money, having their own children, well, they will find that they will have other children in the world, you know, in their, in their ministries. They will have lands of a different sort, maybe church property that they live on, etc. There are ways, the, the Lord has ways of making up for things. Um, the bottom line is, though, you know, you put this together with other passages, you put this together with the wisdom of the church over the ages, everybody has a unique vocation and everybody's called to follow the vocation that they've been given. You can't choose your own vocation. I mean, personal choice is a part of it, but sometimes people choose the wrong thing. And uh, anyway, that's a matter for spiritual direction, you know, and counseling and whatever else to discern, am I doing the right thing? Am I following the right path? You know, and uh, <laughs> there's all sorts of complicated things that happen when people do this or do that. But the bottom line is we discern a vocation to the best of our ability. And then in following that, we have to give up certain things, especially in regard to living our faith. There are sacrifices that have to be made. If you marry one woman, you got to give up all the other women. <laughs> if you have kids, you got to give up going out and doing what you want. You can't go to the bar every night, although some people do. No, you have to be home with your family. You have to spend time with your children. If you have a certain career 
okay, that requires lots of sacrifice. Maybe the time that you spend in school, maybe the hours that you devote to working. But Jesus promises a hundredfold. When we follow him, when we make sacrifices because of him, he promises us a hundredfold and eternal life. So although there are very specific interpretations of this reading, very particular things that are promised, at the same time, there is this general concept of the hundredfold plus eternal life. There's a famous story in the life of St. John Vianney. His little, I love this story, by the way. His little sister um, wanted his statue. He had a statue of the Blessed Mother that he loved. And his little sister wanted the statue, and she would say, give it to me, give it to me. And one day the mother, and he was very, very devoted to his mother, loved his mother, was very obedient to her. And the mother said, John, give your sister the statue. And he said, no, I don't want to, it's mine. And she said, John, I'm telling you, give your sister the statue. And the sister wanted it. She said, give me, give me, give me the statue. And so finally, with tears, he made the ultimate sacrifice. He loved this little statue of Our Lady, and he gave the statue to his little sister. And she was thrilled, and he was devastated. And then the mother said, I have something for you. And it was a bigger, newer, nicer statue of the Blessed Mother. She was waiting for him to do the right thing and be generous and give the, his favorite one to his little sister. And then she had something better. This is how God works with us. When we give up certain things that, and, and we do have to discern, you know, it doesn't mean we're just supposed to give up everything. God has a calling for each of us every day of our lives. You know, we're not just called to just, oh, well, I'm going to give this up today. You know, I'm going to give up being a parent. I'm going to give up my job and be homeless. You know, but when God calls us to give up certain things, he then will give us other things that are greater. God cannot be outdone in generosity. So the more we give, the more the Lord is going to give to us. And that's the meaning of this passage. Um, And ultimately, it goes back to... Adam and Eve, and the whole story of the human race. We had the Garden of Eden. Now, God doesn't call us to sin, but what happens? We sin. We lose the good things that God has given us. And then in redemption, we're given something greater. We lost Eden. God gives us heaven. We lost friendship with God in the Garden. Now he gives us divinization where we can be filled with grace and we become the body of Christ. We are divinized by grace. We become one with Almighty God. Jesus himself quotes the passage from the Psalms, I have said to you, you are gods. So we receive an an incredible thing in grace, in the sacraments, in baptism, in the Eucharist, in confirmation, in confession, we receive grace. We are divinized. So, The Lord wants the best for us. The Lord is the best of parents. And something for us to always remember when we doubt, when we get depressed, when we get down, when we think, oh, I'm not going to have what I need. It's not going to be good enough. The Lord wants to give us more and more better and better stuff. And very often when you think about the stuff that we're asked to give up, it's really garbage anyway. It's the stuff of the world very often. You know, sometimes we are asked to give up good things. But when we consider, I don't know, there's so many things for each of us to consider. 
How much time do you spend on your phone? How much time do you spend in entertainment? How much time do you spend drinking alcohol? Whatever. You know, there's so many different things that we might be called to give up, to let go of. As we get older, we can't eat sugar. <laughs> like myself, pre-diabetic and struggling with weight issues and finally gave up sugar. And now I've lost a ton of weight and getting healthier all the time. So we give up the stuff of this world and the Lord says, well, I'm going to give you something better. Maybe it's better health. <laughs> Maybe it's other things. The Lord is so good. And uh, yes, we're often called to give things up. So we ask the Lord to show us where our hearts are supposed to be, what we should latch on to in Jesus's name, what we should let go of in Jesus's name, trusting that the Lord always has our best intentions in his mind and that he wants to give us constantly the very best. Have a great day. God bless you.